Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on a football Friday. Tyler West and Chris along with you getting you set for the Battle of the Gamecocks coming up tomorrow at high noon at Williams-Brice Stadium, South Carolina and Jacksonville State. First ever time two teams with the mascot Gamecocks squaring off, which that's pretty cool. Um, obviously a lot to break down in this matchup, which we will over the course of the next hour. Uh, get into buy or sell here in a little bit and, of course, give our score predictions as we always do. But as the story of this season has unfolded, mainly revolving around injuries, we got to start with the latest injury report from Coach Beamer on Carolina Calls last night. We're nine for nine yes. on uh, offensive line combinations, and this will be no different. Uh, Trey Jones won't play this week, uh, so he'll be out. Uh, you know, it's kind of like we told the team, you know, find negatives and turn them into positives. So we've had so many injuries. We've got a, got a, a lot of guys on the offensive line that have now played multiple positions. But uh, Trey Jones is not going to play. But the good news is Case and Henry and Vershawn Lee will. Oh, uh, so you get two offensive linemen back. So it's kind of like a two-for-one trade. Yes, we can clap for that after this, <laughs> this yeah. point. So, um, so uh, Vershawn will be back. Kaysen will be back. Um you know, Tree and Tro are uh, are good. Amarian Brown is back. He will play. Uh, we're not quite ready to say that uh, Trey Knox is out. I'd say he's questionable right now. Uh, so still a chance of Trey playing. But certainly uh, getting guys back and, and getting healthier uh, than we've been, knock on wood, at any point this season. I think it's fitting that they gave a round of applause because that's maybe one of the best injury reports we've gotten in quite a while as uh, more positives than negatives, it sounded like. Yeah, that was different i guess i mean it would be great if we didn't have to start a show with a injury report involving the offensive line but this is where we are and you know i I think for south carolina getting those two guys back it actually gives you obviously two guys you were counting on to start the year that's two literal game one starters and you know will beamer said they will play which actually is even a a different sentence than they're available. He said they will play. So we'll see if they start or not. You know, do you ease them back in or is it, hey, here here we go, you're you're in the game. I, I think particularly with Case and Henry. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something we've talked about. Yes, he was a starter, but he was not he's not an experienced guy who's just played a ton of ball before. Vershawn Lee has obviously played a ton of ball in his time at South Carolina. So I think if you really want to kind of dive into this thing, it just gives you a little bit more for the first time in a while flexibility on the offensive line there are some different combinations you could work with you've got some options if somebody I'm not even going to speak it into existence but if you need another player to step in you actually have a few extra guys to work with now as opposed to going into a game saying man what what are we going to do if somebody else has to go out 
I, I'm just going to read Chris's lips over here. And um, he's saying that... I think he had the wrong microphone on. Let's try that. No. Now he's grabbing the wrong microphone. No, it's a, try this, that is not a, this is not a Chris issue, nope. I don't think. Okay. It, Chris has like four mics and none of them are, are, are working. So, uh, hello? Nope. No. Y'all just go. Yeah, we're, we're... Ed says he can hear Chris, so that's what matters. So roll with that one, Chris. Okay, I'll speak. I can't hear myself. I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take one of my been... one of my earphones off so I can hear you. There you go. Yeah, you know, but my my question is, you know, off. Uh, so what what are the combinations on the offensive line? So that was my question because, uh, like Beamer said, we're going to have the ninth different starting combination regardless. And if Case and Henry is starting, assuming you'd put him at right tackle, would you go Tree Nick moving back to right guard? Left Lee, guard. Or left guard, excuse me. Lee at center, Tro at right guard, and then Henry at right tackle. Would that likely be your starting five? If uh, and th- again, I'll be, I'll be clear. This is not from info. This is just from what I've seen this year, basically, and what I know about who plays where. That would that would be. I, I think. So I, I think these are the two things. These are the two combinations you may see. It would be that one mm-hmm. that you're talking about, or. It would be Lee slides right back in at right tackle. You know, Case and Henry, you get him into the game at some point there, mm. and Ja'Kai Moore plays left guard again, potentially. Right. But I, I do think, I don't know, Lee really solidified that center spot for you. And, and yes, when he moved to right tackle, he solidified that for you. <laughs> sure. But – Originally, your plan and hope was that Case and Henry was going to be that guy. So I think it it gives you – if Case and Henry is like 100%, you know, like he's – hey, he's back. He's himself. Then no disrespect to Jacksonville State, but it would be very, very ideal for Henry to go play 70 snaps mm-hmm. and just play. And get that out of the way, you know. Like, I, this is a chance for him to actually get some experience going into then, you know, those those final three games because played in a couple of games as a reserve last year, played literally four snaps in the opener. So I, I think ideally, you're not wanting to hold him and say, "Hey, go play some SEC teams in Clemson." You're wanting to get him out there, let him make a mistake or two, and start learning from him. Your your, your situation on the O line means that. Anytime we talk about one of these moves, like hypothetically, or if it's actually made, you're kind of always doing the Rob Peter to pay Paul thing, right? Because when you move Vershawn to right tackle for the Florida game, what were the corresponding moves? Nick G to center, and then Trey Jones to left guard. And that all looked good, right? But there, there's always sort of a question. Like, there was a reason that you had Nick G as your starter at guard as opposed to center. And He's played center for years, yep. and and he's he's a good center. A couple snap issues, yes, there there have been a couple, um, but you always got a little drop off in some particular area, and that's even more the case now that Trey Jones is not available because you felt like it was those positions were pretty stable um, when you were able to insert Trey Jones, but now you can't do that. Did y'all also catch guys? 
and y'all might have said this in the midst of the, of the mic issues, Kaysen Henry, Beamer said, was going to compete at the left tackle spot also. He mentioned that right in the at the beginning of his injury report, talking about him competing with Tree at the left tackle spot, which was interesting to me. Right. Because, I mean, we, we knew he repped there in preseason when he came back, and there was he had a chance with that job, but they ended up slotting him at right tackle. And you guys kind of remind everyone, and I, I – I enjoyed poking fun at Colin in the preseason because he kept talking about Case and Henry and how excited he was for him to get to play only to be lost four snaps and get into the North Carolina game. Again, he played in some reserve roles last year against like South Carolina State and uh, I think Georgia State as well. But but why is Case and Henry thought to be such a good offensive lineman? Well, you know, I think for one, he he's just a, a big, sturdy kid. Like he um, he can hold the point of attack. Um, you know, from what we're told. Like, I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, let me say it like this. I don't even necessarily think a healthy Case in Henry was going to step in and just, it, it would have been unfair to expect him to just lock down right tackle and be this guy that um, was just an all-SEC performer right off the bat. He was, now, the fact that he came in really missed the spring, missed the beginning of preseason camp, and then quickly ascended the depth chart, that spoke to two sides of this. One, he might have just been the most naturally talented right tackle among that group. But two, let's be honest, that was a position that was in flux, that was unsettled. And then, frankly, North Carolina game, we we saw why. We saw why that was after he came out. So, you know, if you're going to be fair there, I don't think – we need to put these crazy expectations on him. But but of that group, of that trio that is in his class on the offensive line, I think he was the one that most quickly we started hearing some buzz about, like, hey, this guy's got a chance to be a future starter. Um, you would have liked to actually just let him go start that process and go play some reps, and, and let's find out how good he is when he matches up with some other teams. But, you know, they he also plays with a mean streak if you're kind of wanting to know what his – uh, skill set is or, or what type of player he is plays with the mean streak um you know i would imagine it is a guy that uh may, maybe he's a little bit further along as a run blocker but i, I don't know that for for a fact and so I, I i do think that's very intriguing i did not catch that chris about yeah. him competing at left tackle for one it eases a little bit of the pressure at that position where it's just been like hey freshman tree good luck man go play and it actually, let's play this thing out in real time. If if he's the left tackle, we'll fill out the, the Legos here to <laughs> build an O-line. If he's at left tackle, then you're probably going to insert Vershawn back out there at right tackle. And then you're going to play Ja'Kai Moore at left guard. You're going to play Nick G at center and Trowball at right guard. So that's another – we've already designed three potential combinations here just on the fly on what you could do. But, hey, that that's a lot better situation than what it was even last week yeah. when you had literally a, a freshman as your emergency left tackle because he didn't really get to practice last week. A hurt freshman. And then he had to go play. And to go back to Case and Henry – like, this is a guy that won the job at right tackle for a few reasons, you know, and, and it was part 
like give him credit for that, especially doing it on a short clock with all the time he missed. But it also spoke to South Carolina's need there. It's kind of like the need against A and M of you're, you're down so many guys. Who's your next left tackle? Well, it's a it's a banged up <laughs> true freshman. Um, but Henry's got. I mean, I've said this before. You go back to his Gamecocks online bio. You don't see this a lot, like blah blah blah. Like true freshman offensive lineman or freshman offensive lineman has a massive upside or has a huge upside. Like, it's literally on his bio. This guy has played 37 snaps in his career. He played four against UNC before he got rolled up on and hurt, and he played in two games last year and played something like, you know, 11 snaps one game, 20-something in the other one. So he hasn't even played the equivalent. He's played the equivalent of a half of college football in his career. So we'll have to temper things, but point is they, they are better from a health standpoint, and it's conceivable that – by the end of the year, maybe they're not fully healthy, but they might have closer to a full room, which I don't think we can discount in terms of the potential impact. Absolutely. Well, good to finally have somewhat of a positive injury report and some good reports there for the receivers as well. Trey Knox still a little bit questionable from that hamstring injury this past weekend against A&M, so he may likely may be out for tomorrow's game. Uh, coming up, it's our favorite segment of the week. It's time for buy or sell ahead of the battle of the Gamecocks as today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs rolls on on Football Friday here on the game. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on this Football Friday. Don't forget, have another pair of football tickets to give away. Not yet. Don't call right now. In a few moments, uh, maybe the next segment, we'll give those tickets away as well as some more basketball tickets uh, too as we're just in a really giving mood here as of late. So keep it locked right here on the game for your chance to win some tickets uh, here as Football Friday rolls along. But now it is time for our favorite segment of the week. It's time to buy or sell. Ed, hit the music. There we go. Ed was ready. You didn't even have to. Ed was ready. You didn't even have to tell him. All right. Welcome to buy or sell. Brought to you by my friend Kendall Walsh. We'll tell you a little bit more about Kendall and the Dwell team here in a second. Guys, I can see the smiles on your faces. I know you're ready for this. My favorite segment of the entire week, every single week of the year, by yourself. We're starting off with turnovers. We've talked about turnovers and particularly forced turnovers from South Carolina's defense. The lack of those. They went through October. It was three games. Mm -hmm. And... um, we didn't see many nor actually any of those from South Carolina's defense. So, all right, guys, I'm going with a high number here because I don't want you all just to buy on this. So, not one forced turnover, not two. Buy or sell three forced turnovers from the South Carolina defense Saturday high noon, as Tyler said. <laughs> A nooner for the Gamecocks versus the Gamecocks. Chris, who, who wants to go first? I'll let you take this one, Chris. Uh, you, pa- you punted? You passed it well, off? Well, I, I wanted to look up something really quick. To, okay. Are you going right. to share Tyler, with us? Tyler uses statistical analysis in his uh, buy or sell answers. Oh, man. All right, here's a question. I need some ground rules on buy or sell. Can, can you do a push? Is this possible? I'll see why not. Well, so no, you there, be re- did you say three or more? Oh well, yeah, three. That's implied. Yeah. So three, you you, you want to get right on the number? Well, I was saying no. It, it, so if it's three, you buy. I didn't know if you went over three. 
Yeah, no. Three or more. Three forced turnovers. I will, I will buy or I'll, more. I'll show my work by saying three. That's why I was saying, you know, push. And this is only South Carolina forcing these turnovers, not combined for the whole game, right? right. Correct. Game. Okay. So, so basically, Jacksonville State commits three, commits turnovers, three turnovers or more. So if they if they drop the football and South yeah, Carolina yeah. picks it up, it still counts as a forced turnover. So percent. I'm gonna sell. Uh, Jacksonville State does not throw the ball a lot. They're a run heavy team. Mm-hmm. On the season, they've only lost four fumbles. So nice stat. I I mean, could South Carolina maybe force one? Sure. Three, I think that's a tough ask. Okay. All right. Very well reasoned. I mean, I'm I'm buying it just because, uh, spoiler alert, that's my in-game prediction on Gamecock Central for later on. Uh, check out that article as well. But so I just think that these things come in bunches. I think at home. Like they're going to make up for the month of October in one game? Yeah, that's usually how it works. Like you go through <laughs> a stretch, ah, oh, they can't turn anybody over. And then, boom, all of a sudden, they're turning people over left and right for a couple of games. So, I think Jacksonville State will be in a position to have to throw the ball at times, both by complementary offense from South Carolina, by them scoring, and then I think there'll be enough negative plays up front from South Carolina's defense to force them to throw, and that's when you get hit quarterbacks. You know, they've got a 50% completion rate at, at quarterback with their starter. I just... I think this sets up well for them to possibly finally get the ball off some people. So, all right, next one. This one is a submitted by co-host Chris Clark. More, I know that guy. Yeah, more <laughs> rushing yards. Mario Anderson for South Carolina or Zion Webb for Jacksonville State. That is their quarterback. He has, uh, let's see, I just saw it. He has 460 yards rushing on the season of four touchdowns. So, Buy or sell, Mario Anderson will outrush Zion Webb. This is a quick buy for me. I think that this is a Jacksonville State defense. It's pretty athletic, but maybe not the biggest. I expect South Carolina to try and push them around to run the football. You got a tough-nosed guy in Mario Anderson. I expect this would be his second 100-yard day, I think. He had a 100-yard day against Tennessee. Um, so second career 100-yard day at this level for Mario Anderson, I'm buying. The reason that I had this as a question is because three times this season, remember Zion Webb's missed some time. He's gone over 100 yard three times this year. Wow. Middle Tennessee, as high as 146, carried the ball 28 times in a three-point win over Western Kentucky. They, so, so they straight up run this dude. Like they aren't yeah. one of these teams that's like, ah, eh, we're gonna run him in spurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in two games. I mean, one of his hundred yard games, he carried the ball just ten times. It was largely on the strength of a sixty one yard touchdown run. But the first two games, or actually the most recent two games, they started running him more. Twenty eight times against Western Kentucky, twenty against FIU. I, I'm with you, Wes. I don't think he'll have as much success against an SEC team. I do think he'll get some yards. I'm going to go with Mario, but it, it does give me pause, and that's why I put the question out there. I'll buy as well. Um, Mario's kind of coming to his own over the course of this last month. Unfortunately, the Gamecocks not winning those games, but you know, we talk about him going into the Tennessee game, going against A&M last week. Very good defenses against the run. He's still been able to have a pretty solid output, and uh, this is a good Jacksonville State defense based on the numbers, but I think Mario Anderson can uh, win that running battle. All right. We don't have to give away our final score yet in this segment, but I think we all 
probably have South Carolina winning the game. Everybody yep. nod. Yep. All right. Gamecocks currently, according to Vegas Insider, 15.5-point favorites in this game. And that number has risen a little bit, depending on kind of where you looked right off when it when it first opened. Vegas Insider says it opened at 14.5. I saw it as low as 13.5, I think. Maybe even 13 somewhere. But 15.5 points over under currently 54.5. South, buy or sell, South Carolina covers the 15 and a half. I am buying. Why? Because I have them winning by slightly more than that. <laughs> I, I think um, no, I think the offense, a little bit healthier, still, still going to have some guys out, of course, and Trey Knox is questionable. But I do think this offense can stay ahead of schedule enough, make some explosive plays, and be able to outscore Jacksonville State. I do. There's going to be some groan-worthy moments, I think, in the stadium tomorrow. I do think Jacksonville State's going to move the football. I think they're going to score some points. But I go back to the turnovers, right? I think um, Jacksonville State will have a few, you know, they'll turn the ball over a few times. Gamecocks will get a couple of key stops and be able to do enough to win this. And I think for the offense, they'll be able to have a nice day. Uh, I'll buy as well. I have them uh, just over that in my score prediction, which we'll get to at the end of the show. Um, as good as Jacksonville State is up front on the defensive line and with tackles for losses, the back end of their defense, not as great. They've given up a fair amount of yards through the air of the season. I think Spencer Rattler should be in for a very good day tomorrow with a relatively healthy receiving core. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I'm buying, and I, I think you look at this Jacksonville State for what they are, they are a very good football team, man. But when you look at when they have faced the the better teams on their schedule, even within their conference, they've given up points. So they have a really good defense statistically. And, you know, when they are when they face a team that maybe is of equal talent, they, uh, they play very good sound defense and they make things happen and they get those tackles for loss. I think this is a game we've seen what South Carolina can do at home on offense against opponents that they – are, are kind of just better than and against a, a Florida defense that we thought was at least okay for SEC standards coming in. So I, I do think a big day for South Carolina's offense, which I think will probably set the tone for everything else and being kind of that complimentary aspect to South Carolina's defense. So I, I, I think a relatively easy, not easy, they have to play well, but y'all know what I'm saying. I think a relatively comfortable win for South Carolina as it progresses. I feel like this could be a game that's maybe 10-ish points at the start of the fourth quarter. South Carolina gets a final touchdown to eventually cover that spread, but I don't think they're going to run away with this, you know, 56-3 to three or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be shocked by that. I um, I'd actually, I have them scoring 40 points, so okay. I, right. think, um, I, I think depending on how this thing starts, you know, Rat- Rattler's been so good at home, y'all. And it- it's a lot has been because he's had time and there's been just a lot more running room at home right. based on those matchups. So uh, I think it could be a good day for-, for South Carolina. All right, final one. Yep. Call your shot. Buy or sell. South Carolina will go four for four down the stretch of this college football season. Oh, man. Mm. Y'all can answer that on the other side if we need to. Yeah, well, yeah, th- how we about we think about think that? Think that one over. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do that as uh, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs rolls along here on Football Friday. That was buy or sell. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Football Friday, getting you set for Jacksonville State in South Carolina coming up tomorrow at noon. Pre-game coverage starting right here on the game with myself and Terry Ford on a. 
cold morning out at Sound and Images for Gamecocks game day. And again, kickoff at noon, which you can listen to right here on the game. We'll continue buy and sell in uh, just a moment, but time to give away some tickets. Ed, hit that sounder. 803-404-6100. What number caller are we taking this time, guys? I did five earlier, did three earlier. Which one? Give me a number. Number nine. Call nine. Now. All right, number nine at 803-404-6100. Win yourself a pair of tickets to tomorrow's game between South Carolina and Jacksonville State. Hey, where's number nine, guys? For South, South Carolina, Carolina Luke yeah. Doty. And? Um, Strong? No, Strong seven. Strong seven. Where's nine on the defense? Number nine. Do you know this answer, Wes? I think so. Um, <laughs> I think so. Imazula. Oh, yeah, that's God. right. I was sitting here thinking of DBs, and then yeah, not anymore, guys. The yeah. lower number. That's right. Defensive line craze has taken I'm over. Ashamed, I'm ashamed. I didn't know that. Hey, I love a defensive lineman that wears like too. I know, man. One because it just looks so tiny. I don't like the zero. You don't like the a, zero? On a DL. I'm down. This looks funky. That, now, there is, um, there are numbers that you can't do at certain positions because they seem bad. I, I think, so I think if you're like, like an offensive lineman, you got to be 70 in the 70 range or in the 50s. I think all the 60 numbers, or, I don't like them. Okay. You got a problem with Gargiulo being sixty nine? Nice. Um, the only the only position I'm particular about numbers is quarterback. I don't like quarterback numbers that go past nineteen. I can't get behind you if you're like quarterback number twenty three or something like that. Like I Does get it. Does anybody do that anymore? Um. So uh, the um the the Brown uh, Kevin Brown is that his name up at, at Michigan? Not Michigan, Ohio State. Where's thirty three at quarterback? Shea Patterson, when he was at Ole Miss, yeah. was 20. Um, I know, like, like De- uh, Devin Gardner wore 98 at Michigan, but that was like a throwback to, um, what's Mark Harmon's dad's name? The Michigan legend. Not good to tell I, I can't remember. But anyway, like, some of them do it, but I don't know. For me, you either got to be 1 to 19 if you're a quarterback. That's just me personally. What number was Zeb when he first showed up? <laughs> they, had, they had Zeb in a 20-something. Number he, he practice. Was, he was in a 20 something. Speaking of which, Zeb Nolan's dad coached Max Johnson in high school at Oconee County. He did. He did, yep. Coach Travis. You could still buy a Zeb Nolan to Iowa State jersey online, too, if you, anybody's interested. I don't know how many people are going to do that. I'm sorry. I got us totally off track talking about offensive line numbers. Hey, but look, I could talk about numbers all day. Okay. I'm cool with that. But let's finish up by ourselves. Let's talk about this number four for four for <laughs> South Carolina. Who's, um, Who's willing to to buy this thing? Let let me let me show my work before I give my answer. I I think South Carolina has a great shot to beat Clemson. Like I, I really do, based on what we've seen out of them. FBI does not yet agree, but I honestly think it's a little bit behind right now. And so there's there's not very many advantages to being two and six. But if there is one silver lining for South Carolina to being two and six. You're not looking past anybody. No. So there is no, oh, you know, show up a little bit half-hearted against Jacksonville State. There is no looking past Vanderbilt next week. So the the key to this thing, take care of business, avoid more injuries the next two weeks, and then you start to feel 
a little bit of momentum. Now, everybody outside of your house is going to say, oh, they beat Jacksonville State and, and Vanderbilt. Big deal. Mm-hmm. But positive momentum is a real thing within the confines of a program, of a no, team. A- absolutely. I don't care who they're playing tomorrow. Win's a win, whether it's by covering the spread of 15.5 points or they win by one mm-hmm. point at the last second. Like Winning, just to get back in the win column, is going to be very beneficial. And so I think Kentucky is the the swing game right now between getting to six and not. And Kentucky, and this happens every single year with them, they always look so much stronger at the beginning of the season, start to fall off in the midpoint. I think you're going to catch them at a good time where they're not playing as well as they were at the beginning of the season. Now, I give credit to Devin Leary. had one of his best games, his best game of the year, in fact, last weekend against Tennessee. Um, So, you know, that does concern you that maybe he's finally clicking a little bit but um obviously the mo is going to be slowing down ray davis and again that's games two weeks from now we shouldn't focus too much on that but i i think south carolina has a good shot at that one and you wonder how motivated clemson's going to be with whatever their record's going to be at the end of the season because we talk about could be two five and six teams playing for bowls at that point yeah for sure and i i think the my big question now is is there any way south carolina can get another home or another night game for the Kentucky game because I feel like that the the place is just different at night and well, you don't want Darude playing at 11 a.m. See exactly yep. like you, you need and, and now I say that fully knowing South Carolina lost a home a home night game to Kentucky two years ago I remember a night game home against Kentucky where South Carolina scores right off the bat and the place is going insane. That was actually kind of low-key one of the better atmospheres I can remember yeah, at a South Carolina awesome game at first, in, yeah. in a while. And then, you know, gets beat there. So I fully understand the data maybe doesn't back me up right now on that against Kentucky. But I just feel like eh, it's a you know noon kickoff for that game. We'll see. But I feel like South Carolina coming off two wins, night game, has a good shot to beat Kentucky. I have a good feeling about that being a night game because for a lot of the SEC, that's Cupcake Saturday. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of teams taking on Group 5 opponents, which that's perfect for noon on the SEC Network, noon on ESPNU. Uh, I think the fact that Carolina and Kentucky are one of the few conference games, you got a good shot at a late afternoon tonight game. And like you said, man, I don't know if anybody cares that Dayrude's going to be there as far as the people making the game times, sure. but you got to call in a favor, maybe. Well, for our uh, friend Adam Vance over at Sound and Images that's doing his light setup, you want to have lights at night. Like, strobe lights don't hit differently during the day. Don't hit the same during the daytime. Yes, true. All right, so I'm, I'm actually I'm going full homer mode. I'm buying the four for four. It's a so, tough call to make early. I, I think I would. That's ha- why it's a discussion. That's though. right. That's I think I would have to sell it right now, but, like, after two weeks – Let's say South Carolina holds serve, wins the next two games. We'll see what Kentucky and Clemson do over the next couple weeks. And in two weeks, I can see myself changing my mind and say, yeah, I'm picking both those games, right? I I, I do agree that Clemson seems like the, the more winnable of those two right now, but I don't have it in the, like, I'm picking a win category right now. Sure. Like, if, if we were sitting here talking about the Clemson game today, I, I would be very conflicted. Like, I'd probably pick South Carolina at home, but I would still have to think about it pretty hard. And Clemson has a tough slate these next couple weeks. Notre Dame, North Carolina, a very surprising Georgia Tech team. Like, they could be limping in 
to Willie B at the end of the year. So it kind of beat you, up now too. You, They've you, actually got some injuries. Yeah, you do wonder what kind of state they're going to be in. Again, that's a couple weeks away, so we'll certainly get into that more as the game gets closer. But uh, uh, like like me in the Wendy's drive-through, I'm buying the four for four as well. Wow, it's like what I did there. I don't think they even sell that anymore. Actually, they don't. At inflation, man. Pretty sure four, they don't. Four, four, four for, yeah. Got to buy like the five dollar bag or something now. That makes me sad. It does. Unfortunately, that got me through college. Yep. All right, back to Jacksonville State. Anyways, we'll um we'll make our final score predictions and see how tomorrow's game is going to go as we wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on a Football Friday here on the game. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West, Chris, along with you, wrapping up today's edition on this Football Friday. Of course, right at about 24 hours away from uh, South Carolina and Jacksonville State, kicking things off at Williams Bryce Stadium tomorrow uh, at noon. Before we get into our score predictions, gave away a couple pair of football tickets. Time to give away another pair of men's basketball tickets for the season opener against USC Upstate coming up on a Tuesday. What are we doing this time? Mm, I would come up with like a really high number. Four. Four? All right. Caller number four right now. 803-404-6100. Win a pair of tickets to the men's basketball season opener against USC Upstate coming up on Tuesday night. All right, guys. We've gotten to the final segment of the show. I think we all agree that South Carolina was going to be able to cover the spread of, what, last 15 and a half? Is that the last one we're going off of? Uh, what are those final scores going to look like? Chris, you go first. I have the South Carolina Gamecocks, 37, and the Jacksonville Gamecocks, 20. Like I said, feel like Jacksonville State's going to move the football. I feel like there's going to be some some touchdown drives. There's going to be some, some groan-worthy moments inside Williams-Brice Stadium. But again, to go back to Wes's buy or sell question, a few turnovers, I think, for Jacksonville State, and ultimately enough stops to be able to get it done and then offensively 37 points obviously would be a really nice day Spencer Rattler as Wes said earlier he's been really good at home this offense has generally performed quite well at home too I've got a nice efficient performance for them moving the football and scoring into the higher 30s you're gonna have the offense scoring 37 points in three straight home games that, that maybe that's why I picked it because maybe it so. seems like a good good number to go with I didn't even think about that yep I got South Carolina 40 Jacksonville State 17 Okay. Again, I think Jacksonville State is statistically a very good defense. Like, we kind of maybe gloss over that a little bit because we talk about Rich Rod and this offense and, and all those different things. They've been very, very good. But, again, when they play teams that have talent on offense or when they're kind of playing up and wait a little bit, they've given up some points this year. When they So, when they face good offenses, which I think South Carolina at home, especially now getting some guys back on the offensive line, is a pretty good offense, man. So I, I think they're going to score some points. I think they will set the tone for this game. And we're, we're going to know pretty early on, at the end of the first quarter, who has set the tone in this thing, whether it's going to be a blowout in South Carolina's favor or one that the Gamecocks of Columbia have to sort of sweat out. So I think the trench battle for South Carolina, after some tough matchups in that area, is more favorable favorable to them this week so so 40 is a bit of a funky number how do they get there oh i'm kind of just middling the you know you're pretty close if they get 42 you're pretty close if they get 38 
Okay. I kind of just middled it. I, I don't think the 40 probably doesn't happen, but a lot of times yeah. all these picks, I'll just middle. That's fine. To uh, I was, I was, common numbers. I always think about it like, okay, how do you get to the, this point total? You can score four touchdowns and have four Mitch Jeter field goals. Maybe you, we hope they don't continue to miss extra points. You can miss an extra point or two, get 40 that way. Maybe you get 38 four, points in a four, safety. Uh, four touchdowns and four field goals. Doesn't that I think that's pretty hit? solid all around day because yeah, you yeah. have 28 points from the TDs and, 12, and 12 points from touchdowns, which that would continue the trend of like, because 37 is kind of a oddish number. Or actually, I mean, they scored 39 against Florida when you talk about the safety at the end. So, like, South Carolina's kind of hit the odd number thing in every home game this year, 47, 37, and 39. So, it continued the trend. Hey, I, I would I would enjoy that. I think a lot of Gamecock fans would enjoy that as well. And, uh, you know, I kind of, guys, honestly, I went a little bit more back and forth on how much Jacksonville State is going to score because I that's the thing where you could see this being one of those games where they kind of just um, deliberately – move the football and just do their thing and everybody's kind of rolling their eyes and you have to re- rely on some red zone stops and rely on some turnovers or you know would it surprise you if South Carolina just sort of won the battle up front and Jacksonville State there's such a hurry up based offense if they kind of can't get going it does swing everything back in the other direction and putting them in a position where they could just get blown out because that offense is so momentum based on just kind of getting something going and, and letting it snowball for you offensively. That's a great point. That, and that's why first down defense for South Carolina, really, you go first down defense and offense, first down in general, it's my first, very first key to the game. You know, Rich Rodriguez talked about in his presser earlier this week how they wanted to get South Carolina into third down so that they could, quote-unquote, do their stuff, meaning get into some creative pressure packages, be able to kind of, unleash what they like to do with causing havoc on defense now obviously this isn't a sunbelt team so it's different right but if they get you in those situations south carolina's had some struggles there they've had some struggles protecting the quarterback jacksonville state has some good players so don't be in third and long don't live there all day and then for south carolina defensively as wes pointed out with this style with this tempo jacksonville state would love to line up on first down and get six yards a clip every time that they're out there. Then you're in second short. You're in third and short. The playbook is completely wide open to you. It just makes it so much easier. And you could say this about every game, hey, play well on first down, get people in third and long. But I think it's critical for this game because of how uh, this this Jacksonville State offense is structured. This team in particular, if you can get them in third and long, that is not their game at all. And so to avoid them going fast and just continue moving the chains and just running run play after run play, you've got to have some success on first down. My score is actually pretty similar to Chris's. I think they win by 17 points. I get them 34 to 17, also covering the spread. So we all got them around 17 yours to 20 little, points. Yours is a little, little higher, 23 points. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that— well, No, I'm talking about for what Jacksonville State scores. Oh, yeah, yeah, right around 17. Yeah, that make, that's—I uh, I mean, they're going to they're gonna score. Like they're going to have their points. I think South Carolina's South Carolina's got too much talent, in my opinion, to not win this game. Yeah, the I think it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see how aggressive is Rich Rod in those situations where you know if it's fourth and three and you're at the South Carolina twenty, are you kicking the field goal or are you, like are you here to play it close sure. or are you here to win the game? I think yeah. that variance will determine their point total as well again this is their biggest game of the year especially if they don't get to go to a bowl game 
Um, so we'll see what uh, what Jacksonville State does tomorrow. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Football Friday, rolling along. More tickets to give away. Halftime show coming up next with myself and Terry Ford right here on the game. All right, guys, we'll tell you about our friends over at Integrated Media, Michael and Nathan. You've heard us talk about them every single day here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. They've been to my home. They've been to Wes's home. Cool thing is they've done different projects at both of our homes. They can do so many different things for you, hiding those ugly wires. They can mount your television, but they can also do complete smart home systems and everything in between. If you want some examples of some past work they have done, check them out. Integrated Media Columbia, Facebook and Instagram. You can see some examples of their work. Go outside. Fire pit season coming up, guys. It's getting cold outside, but if you want to sit by the fire and watch some football, watch some sports, they can help you hook up your outdoor system. They can do internet signals, boost them, wireless speakers from Sonos, and so much more. IntegratedMediaInc.com or 803-948-8327. It's still your home. It's just smarter with 